Morning everybody, how you doing today? As you can tell, for those of you on the vlog, a little bit of a different look today. Um, on podcast, I'll uh, describe it for you. Basically, I'm shooting under an umbrella. Remember last week we talked about mastering your tools? Um, well, I switched out the super fancy advanced uh, smartphone stabilizer for brand new GoPro Hero 7. I'm trying out the stabilization. This is just literally shooting at the end of my arm. No case, no external mic, um, fully updated firmware. We'll see how this turns out hopefully pretty good. But as you can kind of tell, um, because of the umbrella, because of the dreary, dreary day, it's fall. Speaking of fall, Gab.com fell pretty darn hard a couple weeks ago as they got deplatformed. Now, if you haven't heard of Gab, Gab is a social media network. Now, they were um, extreme free speech advocates, and we all know what that ends up meaning in today's internet. That means lots of trolls, lots of far right-wing aggressive um, content, lots of hate content, lots of stuff that most people don't want to be interacting with. Now, uh, I'll ignore the free speech argument. Um, that's, you know, in the U.S., very different than what we uh, hold for uh, Canadian free speech. But what is uh, relevant to today and sort of the dreary um, outside and, uh, you know, the rainy theme here is the fact that they were deplatformed. So a lot of the providers they were using to stay online uh, canceled their accounts and kicked them off their services. But today, Gab.com popped up again. And this is a key takeaway because it came up in a different uh, conversation that I had last week as well, um, which is somebody was talking about the risk of information that was um, exposed um, and the fact that it hadn't popped up so it wasn't a threat anymore. Well, Gab.com resurfacing after being deplatformed is a perfect example of the fact that you can't really remove anything from the internet. I know that's a cliche, but it's very, very true. So Gab.com is back up and running with different providers. They move their data over somewhere else. In the event of a breach, you cannot assume that that data was not copied. So I'll give you an example. About two years ago, VTech, um, which makes um, smart toys for kids, um, and they had this feature in their smart toys which let the kids securely, big quotes around that, um, message their parents. Well, VTech got hacked, and hackers uh, gathered uh, the information um, from from these messages as well with a whole bunch of other stuff, including identifying information on the kids, um, and then notify VTech and uh, you know gave the data back to them. A giant quotes, caveat, eye roll, oh, gave the data back to them. Now, VTech used that in their statement and said like, hey, you know, we've got the data back, the hackers said they destroyed it, um, and we saw a similar response from uh, Facebook with Cambridge Analytica in front of the House of Representatives this spring. Oh, you know, why didn't you control face, uh, Cambridge uh, access to the data? We told them, to delete it. It doesn't work like that. We all know how easy it is to copy data after I record this on the GoPro. Um, you know, I'm gonna transfer it to my phone and then it's gonna be streamed out and there'll be hundreds and hundreds of copies of it within the next 30 minutes. And there's no trace of most of those copies unless you do a forensic deep dive on the device that touched them. And this is sort of the challenge, this is the challenge I wanted to highlight here. Um, in the case of VTech, in the case of the conversation I had the other day with a, with a friend, um, in the case of Facebook, in the case of Gab, once it's out there, it's out there. You can't get this stuff back. So what are you to do? Here's the plan. As a security person, as a privacy person, what you need to do is evaluate the data that was breached or stolen. You need to then measure the potential impact. You need to see if you can mitigate those impacts somehow. And then you need to monitor. Essentially what that sums up is, Plan for the worst, hope for the best. 
that's the best we can do. That's just the way the digital world works. There are so many upsides to the way we've structured the internet with, um, you know, decentralization, with uh, routing around, uh, you know, uh, free uh, blocks, um, all sorts of good news. There is the bad side. The bad side is we don't have control over our information once it leaves our security perimeter. Now, some of that is trust. In the case of a breach, um, that's, you know, obviously somebody has, has hacked through our security perimeter. So what you need to do is evaluate that data. Again, evaluate the data. Um, look at potential impacts, uh, monitor heavily for it, plan for the worst, hope for the best. Okay, as with recording this, I hope for uh, the best, but I've planned for the worst. I should have enough time to re-record if I need to. Um, how do you handle this? How do you uh, deal with the reality that you just don't know once data's out there, um, what it's being used for? If it's out there, um, you know, how do you plan? How do you measure? How do you monitor? We'll just try a little low light shot here. Um, let me know online. Hit me up, Mark NCA. Uh, for those of you on the vlogs, in the comments down below. Um, and as always, for podcast listeners and everybody else, meet at markn.ca. We'll see how this works on a quick little pan. We'll go here. Out. Dreary Canadian day. Fortunately, it's actually warmer than it should be. Um, we should be about minus five. Right now, we're plus five. So instead of snow, we get this rain. Hope you're set up for a fantastic day. We'll talk to you online, and we'll see you on the show tomorrow.